Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 23 of the Jetman with the Golden Gun, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Chojin Sentai Jetman. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me, as always, is my co-host and brother, Dave. Dave, how are you today? Doing well, man. Uh, it's a beautiful Valentine's Day here in Cleveland. Happy Valentine's uh, had a Day lovely to you, day. Dave. Happy soon-to-be President's Day. Yeah, yeah, I um, yeah, it was really nice. We didn't do anything today, Beth and I, my wife. We just uh, we took yesterday and we we went to dinner and we we just kind of hung out. Like oftentimes we'll go somewhere, and this year we was like, dude, let's just like we uh, our only rule was no screen, so no phones, no TV, no computer, nothing. Uh, we just hung out all day. It was really nice. Like it was great. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Great. happy Valentine's Day, Thanks. listeners. I, I, I spent it uh, eating takeout Chinese food and watching The Killer. So, you know, pretty much the same thing. Yeah, well, those are also things that you love. So, Valentine's Day is about love, Matt. Yeah, in all its forms. <laughs> in all of its forms and iterations. Uh, who are we? Who are we to say what love looks like? <laughs> so, um, speak, Dave, speaking of things that we love, today we are watching episode 23 of Jetman. It's called A New Squadron Debuts. Oh. Yeah. A New Squadron is going to debut, Dave. I mean, that's one of those uh, yeah, like okay. right in the awesome. title ones, but it's worth it. I'm into it. I want to know what's it. Is it a good squadron? Is it a bad squad? I mean, we'll find out. We'll find out. I'll tell you later. Very shortly. But first, Dave... First. First, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So, Matt, uh, our first star of the week is uh, is a new podcast that, uh, ret- sort of, it's sort of a new podcast. Uh, Retrograde Orbit Studios, which is our uh, fun name for our little house of podcasts that we do, which is right now uh, just us at the Super Sentai Brothers and my wife and our friend Mrs. Hart over the Ration Project. Uh, but the Ration Project, Matt, is ending. Like this, their year-long experiment in living history where we've been living on, like, uh, World War II rations is basically over. Oh, yeah, I guess after a year it would be. Yeah, right, their year, the year-long experiment uh, lasts a year. So at the end of February, this is it. And, uh, you, you know, I was talking to, to my eating wife. eating regular food again. Yeah, well, okay, mostly, mostly, because I was talking to my wife, and she said, you know, we're, we're kind of thinking about what we want to do for a second season, and uh, Mrs. Hart, uh, bless her, she was like, listen, uh, I've had a blast doing this, but like, I also have two young sons, and she's like, I gotta take a break, which is totally legit. Uh, her boys, by all accounts, are very energetic. So, <laughs> uh, my wife was like, uh, Dave, why don't you... Do the thing with me. And I was like, uh, sure. Like, what are we, what are we doing? So. And what are you doing? Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're not, we're backing it up. We're backing it up. Because, like, dude, for real, just, like, the logistics of trying to figure out, like, World War II rationing and, like, converting it into, like, living in 2016 is just, like, it's an enormous task. Yeah, I mean, that, I have been... Obviously, you know, we're brothers. We live in the same yeah, city. Right. I have been to your place a lot over the course of this project. 
And especially on like, you know, Halloween, Halloween, holiday. Uh, holidays, holidays. Holiday meals. Um, I can't think of any particular sort of Halloween feast that we would have done. <laughs> but, you know, like every time I go over, you know, you guys have done an excellent job of, you know, working with the uh, restrictions that you've placed on yourselves. But, boy, like yeah, I, I truth I, be told, you have been putting in a lot of back end work on that. Yeah, honestly, like the food's pretty good. And like, I don't feel like we've gone hungry. It's just a lot of like, all right, man, we've got like a pound of meat this week. Like, how are we going to suss this out? Uh, So it's not going to be quite that intense. But here's what we are doing is uh, we're just going to do one meal a week, but we're going to eat through the 50s. Okay. Yeah, we're going to go into post-war, but it's still going to be just going to be a little bit of history, like home front, like what was it like? Beth is still taking the lead on this. I'm, I'm really like co-hosting this bad boy. Uh, but, you know, like what was it like to be kind of like a housewife or a working wife in the 50s? Uh, I imagine there's going to be a lot of jello molds. Oh, you can never get away from those jello molds, Dave. You've got yeah, a couple more a seasons of... of that show before you are done <laughs> with those jello molds. Yeah, man. Sweet molds, savory jello molds. I'm probably going to have to eat something with like fish in it at some point. It's going to be gross. Uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing for the next year, for the next season two of The Ration Project. Uh, if you like listening to me talk about uh, crazy Japanese kids TV, maybe you would also like listening to me try to, like, <laughs> I don't know, choke down a celery-flavored Jello mold. Ooh. Uh, here's a hot tip, listeners. Dave hates celery. Hate celery. Tastes like dirty soap. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be starting a new podcast. Semi-new. I'm starting a new podcast. It, it's, it's a new twist on an old favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's our first show of the week. I'm looking forward to it. We'll probably get started in uh, in March, and so um, so we have that to look forward to. I think it's going to be a cool time. Right on, dude. Yeah. So what, Matt, is our uh, second star of the week? So our second star, Dave, is a video game I've had my eye on for a couple of months, and I finally broke down and bought it this weekend. Uh, Dave, it is the what I call it a sequel? I mean, it is a sequel. The game that it is a sequel to was like a Super Nintendo game, so it has been a while. That's since... still... Hey, man, Force Awakens is a sequel? That's true. That's true. Um, So... So wait, so what did you get, though, actually? Oh, I got this sequel to one of the finest Super Nintendo games ever created by man, uh, Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. Oh, dude, that game is so good. Dave, I picked up Yoshi's Woolly World. Oh, man, I have not... I haven't played it at all. No, you haven't. You should, though. And honestly, <laughs> you should play it, but more than playing it, I feel like you should just, like, look at it while I play it. Because this game is... I feel like it would be it's, more fun to play it, but sure. It's gorgeous. <laughs> well, yeah, but... Right, but no, I, I want to play it. Um, um, so you can no, come so... over and watch me play it. Uh, but it's gorgeous, Dave. It's, like, you know, all, all video game graphics are now good. Like, there are not bad graphics yeah, anymore, Yeah, like, unreasonably really. good, right. I mean, there are better and worse graphics but there aren't like you know crummy ps1 yeah, graphics like right anymore. we're not playing like rising xan anymore like oh, the samurai gunman yeah 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 uh okay so tell me about yoshi's okay, yoshi's you, woolly island yoshi's woolly world, world. Woolly world. and it is called okay. yoshi's woolly world because everything in it is made out of like craft materials oh. so like yoshi okay. is like this little like knit yarn plushy doll and like his tongue that, is just like a like a long like red piece of yarn, um, and like the that world, is freaking adorable. Like the world that he's in, like everything is like 
felt and like pins and buttons and yarn and it is like just the aesthetic of this game is so <laughs> charming. It's just so that's the best way I can put put it. Like it's just a charming, pleasant, lovely game. Yeah, dude, that sounds super cute. Um It's like when they made that Kirby game a while ago that was all clay. No, no, no. This was um it was all yarn. It was like Kirby's there was, I, forget, I think it was also yarn. Uh, there, I, there may have been a yarn one, but there was also the most recent one was clay. Okay. Dude, man, every time Nintendo comes out with something, it's just, you know what it is? Like, everything Nintendo does is so polished. Like, it's so tight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and a lot, like, listen, like, I understand that most of our listeners, because most people do not, most of our listeners probably do not have a Wii U, because that is not a system that is done very well. Uh, because all of the non-Nintendo games for it are, like, fine. They're fine. Some uh, of yeah. them are very good. Most of them are just there. But, like, the ones that Nintendo makes for its own systems are always, like, A-plus games. Yeah, they're a treasure, man. They're so good. Uh, yeah, okay, so, I mean, is there any, like, is it is it a Super Mario game? Or, you know, is it, like, a direct sequel to Yoshi's Island? Like, yeah, you're Yoshi it, and you're saving baby Mario? Like, um, what's the jam? There's no baby Mario. You are Yoshi, and you are uh, going through the world and trying to rescue all the other Yoshis. Because they have been, like, discorporated into their, like, into, like, rolls of wool. Oh, that's horrifying, sort of. Well, the, um, they've got little smiley faces on the wall. Oh, that's fine then. Yeah, so uh, it's okay. So, like, you go <laughs> well, through, and in each level, like, listen, I don't care about collecting, like, things in video games almost at all. I do it in Far Cry, but I basically I got a thing to say about that games. in a second. Uh, so, anyway, so, but, but with you, collecting, but do you if you have to collect all them? five, you get, like, a new Yoshi. Because, like, oh, the yarns, like, get nice. put back together, and you've saved that Yoshi. And then you can so play that have, one. Like, because different Yoshis have different powers, right? Well, they don't have different powers. Uh, it's just like an aesthetic difference. But, you know, like okay. one of them Wait, I'm not... is like, you know, looks like an orange. And one of them looks like a watermelon that's been opened up. Okay. Like, Hold up there. Real... Like, I'm not crazy. Like, there was a game in which like different colored Yoshis had different powers, right? Oh, you know, I think I know what you're talking about. That is in the original Super Mario World game for the Super Nintendo. Right. Once you yeah, got to that the sounds Rainbow familiar. Road, you could like... Rainbow Road? Yeah, Star Road. Star Road, sorry. Star Road. Once you got to the Star Road, you could collect, like, the different Yoshis of different colors who, every time they got any kind of shell, would always react in the same way. So, like, the blue ones would always get the wings. Dude, that game was so good. Dude. I haven't played that game in forever. It's it's like we were just saying. Mario games are always good. Yeah, they are. the ones are good. Right. Like, they're only ever... It's like pizza. Um... Dude, speaking of sorry, just like real quickly, speaking of collecting things, you know, I was talking about uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate the other week. Yeah, I fell down the rabbit hole, man. I couldn't help myself. Oh wait, uh, how, how far have you gone down this? Dude, far, like pretty far. <laughs> they're like so, like I've just been because you can clear burrows. I like they're like here's missions to do, and I'm like yeah, but I could conquer the six burrows of London with like my gang of rooks. Oh, okay. Uh, and take See, over the city. That is not too deep. When I think of too deep on Assassin's Creed, I think of like finding the little like glowing orbs that are just sort of hanging around for no reason. Yeah, I'm doing that too. Like honestly, when I play those games, if I see one of those and like I wouldn't even have to climb, I would just have to like go left on a tree branch. I don't. 
Like, I just don't Dude, care. I do. I do. I can't help it. There's not even going to break my stride for those things. That's garbage. There's a little, dude, there's a little bar, and it, it's not a bar, but it's like a counter, and it fills up. I want to fill up those counters. I need it. I don't need it. I want it. Uh, but you get special stuff, too. But yeah, man, I am. I'm running around doing all sorts of stuff. I actually went back to play one of the story missions, mm-hmm. like the next one in the sequence, and they're like, oh, you should probably be at least like level four, I think, to do this part. And I'm like, I'm already level nine. I've got like all this stuff just because I've been running around like taking over London. Um, in, in backup news, uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate continues to be crazy fun. So we say all this to say Yoshi's Woolly World <laughs> is a fun game. <laughs> yeah, man. I definitely am excited to check it out. You throw balls of yarn at things and sometimes it knocks what? out enemies and sometimes like it wraps around frames of things to create new platforms and such. Dude, it's beautiful. But we have already talked about it and other things for way too long. Yeah, Dave, what's our third star of the week? Ooh, ooh, I'm actually super excited to talk about this. So, um, as I may have mentioned before, and I know I've mentioned it before on the podcast, uh, I like scotch. It's my sort of tipple of choice. Um, And one of my favorite distilleries is a distillery called Laphroaig. Uh, and it's from like a particular region of Scotland. It's called the Illa Islands. And uh, Illa scotches are sort of unusual, Matt. Uh-huh. So, okay. So here's the deal with scotches. Like, brief, uh, brief educational aside. So scotch is a, uh, it's obviously, it's a liquor. And it's the, the liquid that it's made from is sort of a beer-esque in a vague sort of way. It's like, it's fermented grain, right? And then they distill that, and then they age it. And this is the important part. They age it in oak barrels. And so it's that aging in oak barrels that gives scotch its sort of particular flavor, right? Which is why scotch is different from, like, Irish whiskey is different from, like, American whiskey, etc. Right on. Gotcha. So here's the particular thing about Illa scotches is Illa is, as I mentioned, it's an island, and, uh, and, and they have these barrels that they age the scotch in, but they got to dry them out because it's, you know, like it's they're, they're, they get damp and they get wet. And they're like, well, we got to dry them out. Uh, but it's an island, so they don't have a ton of trees. And so what they would, they would dry them out with was peat fires. And peat is sort of like, uh, it's like accumulated like vegetable matter that sort of like, like grows and dies and grows and dies until you get like a, it's sort of like a sponge almost, but of like dead grass kind of, but it burns is the point. Yeah, I don't know, I know, it sounds gross. Um, but like Scots have burned peat for like a really long time. And because uh, you can cut it out and it burns and it like will heat your house or whatever. But on the island of Illa, because it's an island, the peat is constantly like washed over with uh, ocean, like ocean spray, like actual ocean spray, not cranberry juice. I was going to say. And, uh, yeah, and so the peat gets uh, uh, in, in, what's the word I'm looking for? It soaks up, like, the salt water. And so the peat itself is, like, salty and iodine okay? Okay. So then they take this, like, salted iodine peat, and they make a fire, and they they char the inside of the barrel over this fire to, like, dry it out. Uh, and then they store the scotch in that, and that's what they age it in. But because they've burned it over this fire, but the fire is, like, salty and iodiny from, like, the ocean, all of that stuff gets, like, impregnated 
into the wood, and then they age the scotch in those barrels. So what you get at the end of this process, right, is a, a drink. It's like it's scotch, so it's got that sort of like warm kind of, you know, uh, caramelly. It's, you know, but it's like that alcohol burn, right? Right, right. But it also tastes like smoke and like a little bit of salt and and iodine like from the ocean and so it tastes like you are drinking a campfire at the beach like that's what it tastes like does that make any kind of sense yes i mean i have had this scotch before so i know what you're talking about but i feel like to someone who has not like that that is enough background to get what you were saying. Yeah, and it's like, and it's a very, like, listen, it's a very particular flavor. Not everybody likes Lafroig, and that's fine, but I freaking love it. Uh, but all of that, I said all that to say this, is that in 2015 was the 200-year anniversary of Lafroy. And so to celebrate this, what they did is they made a 200-year, like, anniversary celebration uh, like limited edition blend, you know, and they like went back, back, like way down into like the old cellars to pull out like, you know, super reserve Lafroig from like blah 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 blah, right? Uh, and so I got a bottle. I got a bottle, and it's it's just it's crazy good. <laughs> so okay, so good. Is it, is it good in the same way as regular Lafroig, but more so, or is it good in a separate way? Um. It is kind of yes and kind of no. It's like it's the same flavor, but it's like kind of mellowed out and kind of rounded out. And it tastes like sweeter because it's aged for longer. Okay. Uh, and so it's still, okay, listen. Here's something you got to understand about Lefroig. Uh They very generously refer to themselves as the strong, like the most richly flavored of Scotch whiskeys. <laughs> well, that, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> our buddy Ben, who was a, uh, I, I gave him some, and he's like, that tastes like piney death. Uh, he's like, I can't drink that. It's horrifying. Um, like, during Prohibition in America, you could, did, okay, so you probably know this, you're a history guy, but you could get uh, prescriptions for whiskey, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you did not need a prescription to buy Lafroig because it was assumed that it was like so potent and kind of foul tasting that nobody would drink it for pleasure. <laughs> like you would only drink it medicinally. Uh, <laughs> so like that's kind of Lafroig. Again, like not everybody digs it, and that's fine. But I love it. And so, but this this two hundred year anniversary, it's sort of like it takes Lafroig and it and it keeps all of the richness of the flavor. But it kind of rounds out like the roughness of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's just like, dude. Listen, next time you're over, I'll like, I'll pour you some. You'll love it, uh, guys. If you like scotch, then uh, I, I wholeheartedly recommend the the Lafroig to an anniversary edition. Uh, this has been your weekly commercial for a thing that we like. So that's something you can spend money on. Uh, what Matt is our fourth? Star of the week. Fourth star of the week, Dave, is last night I was feeling nostalgic and I pumped on YouTube and I looked up an old episode of the original Japanese program, Iron Chef. Oh my gosh, did I ever watch that show in forever? I know, right? And we used to watch this show all the time. All the time. And dude, like old school Iron Chef holds up. Yeah? 
Absolutely. It oh, is, my it's gosh. It's so That's so good to hear. Because, okay, uh, listeners, I imagine you're all familiar with Iron Chef. It's the original yeah, sort of food, like, competitive cooking show. Or if it's not the yeah. original, it is... It's, like, super early on. Right. Um, um, and there is an American version. Yeah, That was, is. like, fairly popular. And it's fine. It's a fine show. But it lacks yeah. that certain something that the original Japanese version has. Um, okay, actually, Matt, listen, we're on it. We're talking about Super Sentai, like on this show. Like the difference between Japanese Iron Chef and American Iron Chef is the ex- it, like it's literally the exact same difference between Power Rangers and Super Sentai. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. You know what I mean? Uh, like it's effectively the same premise, and they're kind of doing the same thing. And the Japanese version is just like way more fun and like super crazy and and wild. Well, because the Japanese version has this like weird like degree of pageantry. Yeah. Like, listen, the American version is good, but it does not start with Chairman Kaga like giving a five-minute, like, oral history of the competitor as he's, like, going through his journals and then walking into Kitchen Stadium, turning on the lights, taking a big bite out of a bell pepper and, like, barely containing his <laughs> laughter at the situation <laughs> as the camera pulls back to see the crowd of chefs. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, it's so good, man. Chairman Kaga. Chairman Kaga, um, again, if you've never watched the original Japanese version... Uh, it was like in the fiction of this show was this rich man who had spent his life fortune to create Kitchen Stadium. It's if you've ever watched uh, Lucha Underground, it's okay. If you've ever watched Lucha Underground, like Chairman Kaga is Iron Chef's Dario Cuarto. Like he is a character in the show who has like like in the same way that Dario Cuarto has constructed a temple to violence. <laughs> Which, dude, I still gotta way, watch this. You still need to be watching Lucha Underground, Dave. Um, but in the same way, like Chairman Kaga has like spent his life fortune to build Kitchen Stadium and has brought to it like the finest culinary warriors of the world. And when you watch this old show, like they have these like beautiful, elaborate, like silk chefs' uniforms, and when the challenger comes out, like the iron chefs are raised up on these hydraulic platforms with like fog machines and they're in front of like giant portrait like painted portraits of themselves <laughs> and they're like rising up on these oh my gosh and like when they come up out of the stage it looks for all the world like a fighting gre- fighting game like character select screen <laughs> which is only like the only thing that makes it even more like that like it's already 100% like that but the thing that really puts it over the top is in later seasons they get my personal favorite Iron Chef, Masahiko Kobe, the Iron Chef Italian. Oh, yeah. Because the, he wasn't in the original part. They kind of added him in later. Right. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, he comes up on his own pedestal on the side, and it's as though he was, like, the, like, an unlockable character. Or they had bought him as DLC, and now he's in the game, but over here, because it's not in the original animation. It's, oh, man. Guys, you need to watch some old Iron Chef. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Dude, like, I can't even, like, I'm just reminiscing in my head about these episodes. Like, I don't even have jokes. It's just, like, mind-blowingly entertaining television. Dude, we should sit down and watch one sometime. (laughs) Dude, we should do a special episode. We should do a special episode of the Super Sentai Brothers where we just watch uh, Iron Chef and narrate that. That would be... Okay. 
I'm not exactly sure how we will do that, but I will talk to you about this once we get off yeah, the Yeah, we will talk about this later. Um, and that's it, really. Just Iron Chef is great. If you've never watched it or if you haven't seen the original show in a long time, like, do yourself a treat. Go check it out. And Dave, <laughs> finally, what is our fifth star of the week? Okay, so uh, taking a real hard turn, we're going to talk about the world- Danish resistance in World War II. Uh, so, because I watched, I watched a movie about it. I watched a movie. Dave, we've got to talk about this thing where all of your stars are about World War II now. Uh, they're not. I talked about Lefroy. Okay, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, so I watched this movie. It's called Flame and Citron, uh, and it's a, it's like a Danish movie, and it is about, it's about the Danish resistance in World War II, right? Sure. Of which, uh, about which I know basically nothing. Because, you know, I was figuring, like, like okay, Danish resistance, sort of like French resistance, like, very similar, right? Because the French are, like, blowing up railway lines and doing all of this stuff. And, um, and the Danish resistance, if I, if I understand correctly, because, like, I'm not a World War II history dude, um, but basically, like, the, the Nazis sort of showed up in Denmark and, like, kind of took the place without really much of a fight. Because, like, Denmark's kind of a tiny country and they don't have much in the way of an army. And so the Nazis just sort of, like, roll in, right? Uh, and this movie, Flame and Citron, is about the kind of underground Danish resistance, and it particularly follows these two dudes uh, whose code names are Flame and Citron, oh, right? okay. The titular yeah, Flame well, and Citron. Right. Well, Flame has red hair and Citron, I don't know why he's called Citron, but he is. And basically, like, their version of the Danish resistance, because, like, there were other people doing other stuff, but their sort of particular branch of the Danish resistance was just like high profile assassination. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like the, and it mentioned, like the guy talks, he's like, yeah, the people are like blowing up bridges, but like that doesn't really matter. Like the only thing that we can really do to slow the Nazis down is just kill them one by one until there aren't any left. Um, so and going so full the Wolfenstein. movie. Yeah, dude, and the movie is basically like they eventually like get kind of caught because there's some intrigue and they and they die. Um, sorry, spoilers. Uh, but the movie is basically just them like knocking on front doors because like no one knows who they are, right? Because they're like these secret dudes, and the movie is just them like knocking on a door and someone comes to the door. Uh, and the person will be like, hey, are you like, you know, Obersturm von Fuhrer, like, blah, blah, blah. And the person says like, ah, oh, yes, like, you know, Heil Hitler, that's me. And then they just shoot him in the face. Okay, so and, they, like, they did that's not their version of they resistance. Terminator. <laughs> yeah. They just like knocked the on whole... the door and said, Santa Connor. Yeah, they <laughs> just shoot a guy in the face. Um, and, like, that's the whole movie. Until, you know, like, there's some intrigue, and, like, they're, like, going to Sweden and, like, dealing with some other stuff, and there's, like, a, you know, a double agent and all this stuff. Um, but I was just so, like, because they're like, ah, oh, it's about the resistance. I was like, oh, man, there's going to be, like, intelligence and spies and, like, sabotage. It's like, no, we're just shooting Nazis in the just face. Just door-to-door assassination. <laughs> Yeah, um, but the movies, it's a great movie. It's on Netflix. Um, so it's called Flame and Citron, uh, and uh, I got a big kick. Like, I shouldn't say I got a kick out of it, but it was just a really, really good movie. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is in it, who's actually started doing some uh, some stuff in the United States. Um, he plays the Chief, I think, is Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, yeah, the Chief, and in, then he was uh, Hannibal in that TV show Hannibal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so he's, he's been in a lot of stuff in the States. He is going to be in the... Not episode eight, but the Star Wars uh, Rogue One that's coming out this year. 
Oh, awesome. Yeah, he's a great actor. I'm a big fan. So uh, so if you're into movies about World War II and, uh, and high-profile <laughs> Nazi assassination, uh, I, I can heartily endorse Flame and Citron. It's a great movie. Right on. So um, that's it for Stars, man. But, but... We got one more thing. Oh, yeah. So I got a message, or we did, on the Facebook page. Uh, the, I'm going to be honest, largely ignored Facebook page. Sorry, guys. I, yeah, I, sorry, I see guys. every time you people check it out, and I really appreciate you looking at it. But I, I only have the energy for either Twitter or Facebook, and Twitter gets my love because it's a lot more convenient anyway. <laughs> but the Facebook page does still exist. Yeah, but so we got a message on the Facebook page from a listener, Ian, who is Hi, Ian. doing a uh, panel, I think, at uh, Chibi ChibiCon at Emerald State College this weekend, which I think mm-hmm. will already have passed by the time this episode comes out. But, uh, and he oh. was asking, like, hey, you know, do you mind if I, like, plug your show to some people because it's going to be a Sentai panel? Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And so I mean, here, you told him yes. Uh, already. Here's a sort of general service announcement. If you want to <laughs> plug the show anytime to anyone, absolutely. Please do that. Yeah, do uh, it. We are thrilled. Tell uh, that you like the show enough to tell your friends about it, um, or even strangers. So yeah, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Feel free, anybody, anytime. Plug the show to anyone. Uh, you can get a tattoo. You can make a T-shirt. Uh, you know, go for it. Have a good time. Yeah, I mean, maybe don't get a tattoo. Maybe don't make a T-shirt either. <laughs> <laughs> that just seems like a lot but if of you bother. Wanna, we if might, you want to plug you it, go what, ahead. If we make a T-shirt, you can buy one from us. Yeah, there you go. That's a better plan. Uh, hold on to those licensing rights. Oh yeah, Cash dude, that'd keep our someday, brand strong. Someday Dave. We'll... <laughs> anyway, um, we're gonna take so, a break. We're gonna watch episode twenty-three, a new squadron debuts, and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode twenty-three. The new squadron has debuted. Dave, why don't you give us a quick recap of what we just saw? Uh, well, uh, New Squadron sure as heck debuts, and uh, Semimaru hatches, so this is basically like Jetman and New Squadron versus Semimaru. Like, that's kind of the whole episode. Uh, this is a multi-parter. Yeah, so, and so this is, like, as, this is the oh, yeah, this second is part two. three-parter. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that this kind, that we had kind of connected to last week. So this is part two out of three, and, uh, you know, and so it ends with... Or another, like, real cliffhanger. We'll kind of see what happens, well, you know, when we get to the end of the thing. So let's start it off. Right. So we so, start off in, like, smoky ruins. At first, yeah, you think like it a might be the Byron dimension, because that's sort of how it's lit. But it's not. It is a dimension that the Vyrum have already conquered slash destroyed. And I think this is actually kind of important because we find out that when the Vyra mean conquer a dimension, they don't mean, like, conquer it and then rule over it. I think they just mean destroy it. Yeah, because, like, there, is, there aren't, like, Vyrams still hanging out in this other dimension, like, wearing a comical crown and sitting on a big throne. Like, it is just, like, busted up buildings and smoke. Yeah. So, yeah, we're not fighting. The Jetmen are not fighting for, like, freedom as much as survival. So now we kind of get maybe a little bit closer sense of exactly what's going on. Uh, But they, there's there's this, you know, sort of ruined world. And then there is a giant bird robot. Yes. And inside Uh, the giant bird robot are three people. Right. And they are 
Like, they are alternate world Jetmen. Like, they're Bizarro, not Bizarro Universe, but, like, they're alternate universe Jetmen. Uh, and they They're the Jetmen of Earth 2. Yeah, exactly. They're the Squadron Supreme of the Jetmen. Uh, so they say, like, launch Bird Garuda. Uh, and if you're if you're not Garuda is actually is from uh, originally from Indian mythology and he's like a giant firebird. Oh really? He's totally awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to be honest. Uh, I have no idea. Like that, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's in the Ramayana. It's totally awesome. Thank you the, because uh, I, I have been Rama... watching this show for you know a while now, and every time that thing comes up, I'm like, why is it Garuda? I was in the shower this morning, like thinking about the fact that this was the episode we were going to be watching. Like, is it like, is it like a like a guardian thing? Because that's sort of what it nah. sounds like. No, it's an actual thing that I should have just looked no, up. Yeah, at some it's point. an actual thing from uh, from old uh, from from Buddhist mythology. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, it's totally red. Yeah. You should read, uh, sorry, I was going to launch off on like a, like a reading suggestion for like ancient Indian literature, uh, but you totally should read the Ramayana, Garuda's in it, it's rad. Uh, so anyways, so they say like, launch bird Garuda, and you see like uh, Jetmen kind of style helmets like fade in a little bit over them, like it's sort of like a, a holographic overlay, so we don't know if maybe they're trying to like cross change and can't quite do it, but... They do manage to launch Bird Garuda. I think honestly, the reason they do that is so is sort of like a visual shorthand for us, the viewer, to say like, "Hey, these guys are good guys. Like these uh, guys yeah, are the of Jetmen of their dimension." Now, this is something I think is super interesting: is that these dudes? I'm just going to call them like Team Garuda because they never give themselves a name. They have names. Uh, I think we're going to get them in the next episode, but they okay. are so yeah, for I now I pulled up on the wiki. Um, they team Garuda. Uh, the the there's an older guy, like an adult man, an adult woman, and like an adolescent man, boy. Okay. Uh, the so older these... guy is named Ray. The older woman is named Kana, and the younger guy is named Dan. Now, here is a bit of trivia about these guys. Okay. Is all three of these actors? If you are a big Super Sentai fan, you have seen as. Like Rangers in other series. Ah, oh, no way. So Ryu, not Ryu, sorry. Uh, Ray was in, he was uh, Blue Flash from Flashman. Uh, okay. Kana was Pink Mask from Maskman. And Dan, this is actually his first show, but the next year in Zhu Ranger, he is going to play the Blue Ranger, Dan. He's just Dan again, two years in a row. Okay, hold up a second. And I don't know, Matt, if you know, but if anybody else knows, let us know. Like, is this just a kind of a weird, like, kind of false cognate? Like, Dan just is a Japanese name and they are just, like, we just also happen to have the name Dan? Or is this dude, like, American named Dan? Does that make sense? I think it's a cognate thing because Dan is a name that I've heard in other stuff. Okay, right on. So anyways, uh, this is something that's really interesting, and I kind of am hoping that we get more details on this, because Team Garuda, they're in Jet Garuda, or Bird Garuda, rather, which is like their giant robot, but they all have on, like, tech techno visors, like Tran wears. So, like, are the is Tran from this dimension? Like, is Tran this dimension's Rie slash Maria? 
No, I don't I think so. I want to know. I mean, I, I think that that is a coincidence because Tran is one of the Vyrum. Well, yeah, but Rie started out as a person and now she's one of the Vyrum, right? Yes, but that that is not the case with Tran. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's sort I, of a bummer. Just so that is not, like, plaguing you for, for like, future episodes. <laughs> I didn't know that I would describe it as plaguing me. Uh, okay, I think that's a little bit of a bummer that that's not true, because why? Why that would be awesome. But whatever. So uh, Dude, they if, launched if you are looking, Naruto. If you are waiting for, like, weird, cool stuff with Tran, it is coming. You are going okay. to get some bonkers <laughs> stuff with Tran later on. It's just not this okay. particular thing. All right, I'm satisfied with that. So they do manage to launch Bird Garuda, and uh, we would assume that they have some sort of like dimension hopping technology because they do, they will make it to Earth. So we go from there to Sky Camp, and Ryu is just lifting weights. He's just doing bench press. Yeah, getting those mad gains, dude. Getting swole. Right. <laughs> we look over, and we see the five helmets, like the Jetman's flight helmets just kind of sitting there and the chief is looking at them she's like huh this is really weird everybody is late everybody's late for like just training like generalized training and i guess this is because no one has let chief know what happened in the last episode because if you remember in the end of the last episode like the jet men were getting into a huge fight because no one understood each other's feelings and yeah, so yeah, nobody no, wants to be around is. each other right now. So nobody else is there. But I guess Chief just never got the memo or just yeah, assumed no, that fighting takes precedence uh, over feelings. Yeah, they didn't tell the Chief because that would involve being able to like process your emotions like a grown-up. Right. And there's uh, no way they clearly could do established. that. Right. The Jetman, that's beyond their capacity. So the Chief is just like, this is weird. Everybody's late. And Ryu is just sitting there, like again, like making mad gains. Uh, but he thinks back to his, like, quote-unquote date with Kaori. He's like sort of one-sided date with Kaori. Right, the thing that Kaori um, was pretty sure was a date, but turned out to be a trip to the graveyard. Yeah. And he's like, thinks about Kaori in her heartbreak, and she like, he feels bad, I guess. Uh, but he still is just like, bench pressing. We go from there to the Viram dimension, and Semimaru is hatching. He is so. If we, if you remember from the last episode, he went from like a caterpillar and he like spun an energy cocoon around himself, and then at the end of the last episode, like a big like clawed devil fist punches out of this cocoon. Right. And Radigat is stoked because everyone's standing around, <laughs> and Radigat is like, "Now it is time for the rest of you to kneel because Semimaru, the strongest devil, like this holy day is the day of the devil's birth." Yeah, he gets, like, really intense and, like, quasi-religious about it. He's like, this is a sacred day. All of you bow in, like, supplication and reverence. He doesn't say supplication and reverence. But he's, like, real, real into Semimaru. And so he's like, Semimaru, like, reach forward, like, destroy the world. Show these humans, like, what you're made of, kind of. And then we just cut away to Guy's bar. Yes, so we cut to the bar, and uh, Guy is just sort of sitting there by himself at the bar, drinking, like, whiskey on the rocks, while two women play pool and try to get the, him to join them. Right, one of them kind of calls over, she's like, hey, uh, Guy, it's your turn, and he ignores them, and then they walk over, and they, like, grab his arm, so they're like, Guy, come on, like, won't, like, come on, like, have some fun. So I'm not exactly sure... 
what the deal is? Are these ladies guys' girlfriends? I don't know. You know, I should have been paying attention because there are episodes where a guy will just have, like, various women on his arms. And I've never stopped to see if it's the same women. I don't think it is. Yeah, I feel like it probably isn't. I think these are probably just, like, ladies with whom Guy, like, hangs out. Uh, but they're just, like, they're trying to cheer him up and, like, get him to play pool and, like, hang out and be, like, his normal, charming, yet rapscallion self. Uh, Guy will have none of it. He He's looks like, into he... his glass and sees the face of Kauri and just sort of silently drinks alone. And eventually right. they're like, Guy, you are being boring. It was a mistake to invite you out. Uh, we are going to leave. See you never. Yeah, they're like, you're a boring guy now. And he's like, and then he thinks to himself, he's like, a boring guy, huh? Maybe so. Like, he's just, he's real bummed out about it. Uh, So we know that Ryu is sort of bummed out slash uncomfortable about this thing. Guy, we know, obviously, is is heartbroken about this. And so Ryu is dealing Uh, with his problems by lifting. Guy is dealing with his problems by drinking. (laughs) Raita. We cut to Raita, and Raita is hanging out at, like, a lunch counter somewhere with Akko, who is trying to get him to stop, uh, because he is just eating, he's, he's just eating, he is eating his feelings, took, he's eating the feelings of everyone around him. I took a quick second to count, Matt, and uh, there are eight bowls, not counting the one he is eating right now. So dude has put away, like, eight giant bowls of ramen and is working on number nine, and Akko is like... Dude, you gotta like you gotta slow it down. And he says, "No, I." He says, "He's like I am eating to forget Kauri. What do you know? You've never even been in love." And Akko's like, "Well, that's just because I have like really high standards." And she goes on for like thirty-five seconds, just listing off her criteria for a man. And like she doesn't stop. The scene ends while she is still listing off like, well, he's got to be tall and he's got to be muscular and he's got to be handsome and he's got to be rich and he's got to be funny, but also he's got to be honest and he's got to look good in a white shirt and like yeah, all this. Yeah, that was like, a, it gets a very, very specific. specific. Criterion. Um, so she is just like kind of going on and on about this thing. We go back to uh, the Vyrum dimension and Semimaru hatches. He comes out of the cocoon. Radigan is over the moon. Uh, Semimaru looks kind of goofy. Yeah, I have that like, in my notes too. Like Semimaru is, it's, it's not even that it's a bad design. It's that it's a really generic-looking design. Yeah, it's just, it's, like, sort of big and red, and he's got a shell and sort of, like, a weird, like, helmet head thing. Yeah, it's not that it's bad. It's just... It's like someone made, like, generic devil-themed robo-armor, which isn't a bad look, but, like, compared to all of the other crazy stuff we have seen in this show... Yeah, I was expecting a little bit more out of Semimaru. Um, but like, whatever. So Semimaru shows up and he is like, he sort of stands and roars and he's got wings and claws and like, you know, he like shoots some energy bolts or something. There's a lot of weird cuts in this episode. Like it goes from something that's like really super dramatic and intense to, this is, this is yet again, we get like this weird cut because we go from Semimaru just to Kauri's mansion. And she's just hanging out, playing the violin. And of course, because it's the only thing she ever thinks about, she's thinking about Ryu. Yeah. 
And she is thinking back. She is also thinking back to their weird, like, one-sided date. And then she thinks about the fight that happened at the end of last episode between Raita, uh, Ryu, and Guy. And then she's playing her violin and just sort of, like, generally being sad uh, when Gia, her butler, shows up and says, Hey, uh, you've got a visitor, and it's Ryu. Yeah. And Ryu sort of, like... This is actually a pretty good point because it is very obviously super awkward. Like, both, <laughs> both actors managed to sell really convincingly that they do not want to be there. Uh, like, there's just sort of, like, there's a lot of, like, kind of awkward glances and staring. And it looks like maybe they're about to say something and then they don't. And then they, they cut over and, and Gia has brought them some tea. And they're sitting down. Gia has brought Ryu tea because Kauri has left the room. Like, she will come in later. <laughs> but, like, That's right. it is as though, like, they were standing there awkwardly. And then just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go to my room for a bit. You chill here and have some tea with Gia. I will be back when I'm ready to talk to you. <laughs> like, when I can handle this, I'll come back. And so, and so she does. So Kauri comes back. And like I oh I only now actually realize that what all of these little vignettes are is showing us what is happening while they're supposed to be at training with the chief. So we had sort of like this is sort of like but now it's we're moving into the future, I guess. The timing of this episode is kind of weird. So Ryu says he he stands up and he turns to Kaori and he's like, listen. Uh, I know this is very awkward. He doesn't say that, but like he implies it. He's like, I know this is weird. Uh, you've heard me say this before, but you have to remember that we are warriors, and that has to take our priority. Like, I know that we don't want to be, like, this is strange for us, but like, we're warriors. And what's amazing is that, like, Ryu does not seem to register at all that, uh, that everybody else is, like, not quite on the same page. Right, like, and he even says, like, listen, I know that I've said this before, and so, like, forgive me for repeating myself, but I'm going to repeat myself again and tell you to fight. And she's like, no, yeah, I'm sorry I missed training. Uh, I'm in a lot of, like, pain right now because, like, do you remember yesterday? Like, that do stuff? You, yeah. <laughs> like, when I thought we were going to go on a date because I love you, and then you brought me to your dead girlfriend's grave. And then, like, you uh, and the rest of my friends, like, all had a big fight in a lake because of me. Like, I'm not having a good day, Ryu. Right, like, I'm in a lot of pain. I got some stuff happening. And, Ry- and Ryu's just like, <laughs> well, Ryu. yeah, but, like, people rely like, on us. Right. We need to fight. Right, he's like, yeah, but we're warriors, though? Did you forget where we're warriors? <laughs> Kaori, like, she... <laughs> <laughs> she gives him this look as to be like, are you, what? yeah, no, I know. Like, I know we're warriors. Yeah, I get it, bud. And she says, like, <laughs> right. listen, Ryu, you, you are strong and you are always right, but, like, but you need, we're not robots. yeah, like, we are not robots. You need to stop saying this. I get it, but shut up and leave me alone right now. Right, like, I'm working through some stuff, man. And what's... <laughs> What's awesome is this is not even like an emergency. It's not like the Viram are attacking and, and Kaori is like ditching her duty. She just didn't show up for like morning PT and like Ryu has come to her house to berate her. Right, like we um, know that there is like something bad is about to happen because Semimaru was just born, but Ryu doesn't know that. 
Right. All he knows is that she didn't show up for flight practice. Which, so his reaction seems a little bit intense. Uh, but then we we jump out of the Viron dimension and Radigan is like, go, Semimaru, show them your destructive power or something. And then the Viron, like, meteor ship appears over the city and Ryu and uh, Kaori, like, sense it somehow and they look out the window and then Semimaru's, like, launching, like, firebolts from the meteor ship Destroys a bunch of stuff and then like beams down, and immediately this is cool. I thought just immediately goes giant. Like Simimoru does not have like a human. I mean he does, but he doesn't bother with his human like sized form. He shows up in the city and is just immediately a giant monster. And he is right. on the rampage. Like I think previous to this, the biggest rampage we saw was with a uh, garbage dimension. Like, the most successful yeah. destruction. But Semimaru blows that away. Like, it is not... Like, listen. He is not, like, the great king of terror. He's not blowing up, like, the entire city all at once. But, like, he is causing huge, huge, like, death and destruction. And not even slowing down. Just wandering through town, pointing at buildings and making them explode. Right. So, uh, Jetman Assemble. And uh, now that we get Semimaru in, like... I, this is weird to say, but just, like, better light. Uh, he actually does, I think, look quite a bit cooler than I originally thought he did. Like, the lighting in the Viron Dimension is all, like, dark and blue. But now that he's out at, like, the sunshine, he looks a lot neater, I think. Uh, so, Semimaru is just wrecking shop. Jetmen arrive uh, in their, in the, you know, jet machines. And then they just immediately form Jet Icarus. Right, like, they, Which like I they see Giant Monster. I don't know if they think they have, like, missed something somewhere along the way. Like, wait a second, we were supposed to do a thing? I don't know. Maybe, like, we were late to work today. Maybe you've already done that part. <laughs> Let's just sort of skip to this. <laughs> I did. Well, okay, listen. I get a kick out of it because for some reason, this is just like a thing in Super Sentai shows, is that the heroes always seem semi-reluctant to just immediately launch to, like, their highest powered thing. Like, they want to ramp it up slowly. And I like that the jet men are just like, oh, no, we just got to, yeah, Jet Icarus. Like, let's just do this right now. And I don't know why that's the case in Super Sentai. Like, I know they actually did come up with a good reason for it in Power Rangers. In Power Rangers, there's, like, three rules to being a Power Ranger, which is you need to keep your identity secret, uh, you should never use the power for your own personal gain, and you can never escalate a fight before the enemy does. Which is just like a oh. nice blanket thing to say, hey, like the Megazord is never just going to step on like a human-sized monster. Like, right, because you, you, know, you want to keep it to a minimum, right? right. So anyways, but in the so shows, I don't think they have like really good explanations for that. No, I think it's just like why, like why bust out Jet Icarus if you can take it out with like the fire bazooka, right? Yeah, maybe it's just really expensive to run Jet Icarus. It's a robot the size of a building. It's probably pricey. So, but they do it. So Jet Icarus shows up on the scene, and he starts off with Icarus Crusher, which is their, like, ball and chain. So they throw the ball and chain at Semimaru. Semimaru just, like, dodges to the side. Oh, and he has, like, giant, uh, like, arm blades, Semimaru does. Yeah, like, swords coming out of his wrists. Yeah, like Baraka. Just like Baraka. Just like Baraka. And Tip to so he's a Baraka. <laughs> he's not. Uh, but he does have arm swords. And so he kind of dodges to the side and just cuts through the chain and I think like throws the 
uh, Icarus Crusher back at Jet Icarus. No, he he will be throwing things back at them soon. But this, like, they throw the ball and chain. He dodges, cuts the chain, and so the ball just keeps flying and knocks a building over. <laughs> That's right. I forgot <laughs> about the that. The have to feel pretty bad about. Yeah, they can't. That's that can't be a good feeling. And, so that doesn't work. And guy is like, guy says, like, let me take care of this. Obviously, you're screwing up." And so. Guy presses the button for Shot Puncher, which, if you don't recall, is when uh, Jet Icarus's fist, like, shoots off of its arm with a rocket and punches the dude in the face. Right. Which, normally, uh, great move. Yeah, except Semi Mario again. Like, so, <laughs> this is awesome. So they shoot, they do Jet Puncher, or Shot Puncher, sorry. So they shoot Shot Puncher, and Semi Mario just catches the fist in his own fist, and then turns it around, but the rockets are still on, and he shoots Shot Puncher back at Jet Icarus. And, like, so Jet Icarus, punt, he makes him hit himself. Yeah, it's a stop hitting yourself moment. But, like, yeah. with rockets uh, and giant robots, it's tremendous. <laughs> right. And so then Ryu was like, okay, this clearly isn't working. Like, time to knock, pull out the Bradonic Saber. Like, nothing has ever survived. Let me be clear with this. Nothing has ever survived Bradonic Saber. Right. Like, sometimes they will use other things, like, for fun. They've got the dagger. They've got the spear. They've got all sorts of stuff. But Bradonic Saber is what they pull out when they are done messing around. Right. Uh, and so they pull out Bradonic Saber, and they do like their sort of like jump flying thing. They swing Bradonic Saber at Semimaru. Semimaru catches it between two of his claw fingers, and then breaks the Bradonic Saber in half. Yeah, it's like bad. he just yeah he just snaps it, and then he uses like an energy whip grapple thing to like throw Jet Icarus around. Uh, Jet Icarus, he then he throws Jet Icarus on the ground. Semibaru uses his own arm blades to cut off Jet Icarus's arms. Yeah, so now you've got a giant robot with no arms, like, facing down against Semimaru. It gets kicked down. Semimaru is standing on its chest, has, like, the broken-off blade of the Burdonic Saber, and is about to just stab, like, all of the Jetmen in the... I don't exactly know how where he's planning to stab them. I don't know, like the cockpit. But he's going to stab Jet Icarus with the broken tip of his own sword. Like, that's a baller Dude, move. Semimaru is raw. Yeah, Semimaru does not mess around. Uh, so, this is about to happen when Bird Garuda arrives. It flies whatever through like a dimensional be. rift and just zaps him. Yeah, like whatever weaponry Bird Garuda is packing is just way crazier than whatever Jet Icarus has. Because they actually managed to stagger Semimaru. So they, like, they blow him back, and then they launch uh, their, I guess, like, second most powerful attack, which is called Fire Blizzard. And so it's like a bolt of energy that strikes Semimaru and encases him in what I assume to be, like, ice, but could also potentially be, like, a crystal... Uh, like cage thing. Yeah. It's like a big hunk of crystal. It's one of those two things, but you get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. So Bird Garuda is awesome. Yeah. Bird Garuda rules. And so we go back to Sky Camp and they're just like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, and they tell the Jetman, Team Garuda does. They're like, hey, you guys got to get out of here. Like, you're clearly in trouble. Like, we'll handle it. So we go back to Sky Camp. Everyone is super excited. 
Because now, like, they're all kind of chilling out in Sky Camp, like the Jetman and Team Garuda. Everyone's jazz. Ryu particularly, he's like, this is totally awesome. Like, what's your guys' deal? And they're like, oh, we're from a dimension that the Viram already destroyed. We also hate them. Let's work together and we'll destroy the Viram. And Ryu guys, is like, awesome. shakes his hand. He's like, yes, guys. like teamwork, togetherness. Let's do it. Chief is excited. Like, Kaori is excited. Akko is excited. Raito is excited. Cut to Guy. And Guy is like, this is great because uh, now we have all these extra warriors. So you won't miss me if I just skate. Like, I'm out of here. I quit again. Yeah. <laughs> and Chief is like, dude, Guy, like, do you know how long it's going to take to fix Jet Icarus? Like, no, you can't. This is still a problem. He's like, no, 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 no. You're set, clearly. Um, I'm heading back to the bar. <laughs> Peace. Uh, and the, and the then Team just... is like, listen, don't worry about it. We've got plenty of time. Nothing that has ever been frozen by Fire Blizzard can be reborn. Like, that thing is yeah, done like, Yeah, like, game over. Like, nothing big breaks out of Fire Blizzard. Like, obviously, Semimaru is going to break out yeah, of Fire Blizzard. In fact, you cut to Semimaru, and you see his hand move inside of, like, his crystal ice prison. Right, so like, dramatic irony. already breaking uh, out. Yeah. And so then there's just like a very weird moment where the young dude from Team Garuda, he's sitting down behind Akko and he just like picks up her skirt and checks out her panties. And it's like a really quick shot, but I'm pretty sure that Akko has like little Akko brand panties. Um, she has some sort of cartoon character on it. I am not willing to go back and like, like frame by frame that one to check it out. Yeah, it's a weird, I'm not going to do that. It's a weird moment. Um, but Akko is just like, hey, uh, not cool, dude. Like, what was that? And Dan is like, oh, yeah, no, that's just how we say hello in my dimension. Yeah, like, that's just, we just flip up girls' skirts to say hey. And Kauri turns to, uh, what's the lady's Kana, name? Kana, I think. Kana. Kauri turns to Kana. She's like, is that? Like, is that true? Like, do you guys actually do that? Is that a thing? And Kana's just like, ah, no, that's not, that's not a thing. But she totally doesn't care. Yeah, like, that she's seems just like, like acceptable behavior to her. Right. She's like, no, that's scamp. Uh, which, again, Jetman, their Super Sentai series, like, weird. But whatever. So, Semimaru, like, and at this moment, Semimaru fully breaks free of the fire blizzard, like, crystal, uh, like, cage thing. And Tim is like, okay... Uh, that sucks and is crazy, but let's get back to the fight. Um, we will now show them the true power of Bird Garuda. You guys chill here and, like, try to deal with Jet Icarus or whatever. Yeah, which is sort of a crazy statement. They're like, oh, now we'll bust out the big guns. Like, really, dude? You're, like, imprisoning attack from which nothing is reborn? Like, that's not your true power? Like, you've got a one-up on that move? No, 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 no. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> right. And so then we cut so, to Bird Garuda lifting off. By the way, this is a great uh, shot because every time we see the exterior of Sky Camp, it's this one camera angle where you're looking like you're standing below it, sort of looking up at the camp, and it's sort of yeah. shaped like a bird's head is sort of coming off of the top of it, right? Yeah, it's really neat looking. But now that Bird Garuda is here, Bird Garuda is like perched on top of a sky camp. It's awesome. Yeah. And so like they just like they get up into Bird Garuda and they fly off. Totally cool. 
And then when they get to where Semimaru is, uh, we find out that Bird Garuda also has a human form, but it's less of like a Voltron where it's like a bunch of robots coming together and it's more like, he's more like a transformer. Like he turns from a giant jet and like, you know, arms kind of like swing out and fold back and then his head comes down and, uh, and then it's like robot form. Bird Garuda, which I think they call Jet Garuda. Is yeah, that it's right? Jet Garuda. What's really cool about Jet Garuda, as opposed to Jet Icarus, is that since Jet, I- like Jet Icarus, is made out of a bunch of airplanes, and he looks like a person. Jet Garuda is a transformed Bird Garuda, so like he still has a bird head instead of a human head, and he's got like talons instead of hands. He's much yeah, more bird-like. Awesome. It's very cool. Yeah, and so he like they just start, you know, they just start fighting. And, like, it seems as though things are going to be going well because Jet Garuda, like, is the true power, and Bird Garuda did so well a few minutes ago, but Semimaru is having none of this. Yeah, well, it actually, like, it goes pretty well at first. Like, Bird Garuda, like, he gets in, like, one, or Jet Garuda, rather, sorry. Jet Garuda, like, he gets in one or two shots. Um... Like, you know, like, he manages to, like, land a punch, and he does, like, a burst kicker, which, like, almost works. But despite that, Semimaru is still clearly, like, you know, outclassing even Jet Garuda. Dude, he's the strongest devil. He's the devil of destruction. <laughs> right. And so we see, uh, so, like, Jet Garuda goes down, and uh, not, what's the guy's name again? The dude, like, the older right. dude from Team Garuda? Right, Ray. So Ray says, he's like, all right, I am going to use the Garuda Burst. Like, we got to do it. We have no choice. And Dan is like, oh, no, we can't because, like, we'll use up all of our energy. And uh, I think Ray's thought is basically like, well, yeah, but if we don't do it, this guy is just going to step on us and we'll die. So (laughs) they use the Garuda Burst, which is like this big energy blast that comes out of its chest. Yeah. Uh, so it nails Jet or it nails Semimaru, and there is kind of like a big explosion thing, and then Semimaru like turns and flies away, and it's not super clear if it was like, oh dang, that really hurt, and I gotta like go recover, or if it was. I think that's what like, the case I don't is. Even... Yeah, like Semimaru has now been injured by the Garuda blast, and like maybe doesn't know that that was the last gasp of Jet Garuda. And so he's just leaving. Yeah. But he's not like, he's not down for the count. He's just like, eh, like I'm going to live to fall. Like I'm out. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do something else right now. He doesn't like explode or like lose an arm or anything. He's, he's basically fine. His one wing is a little singed, but basically, yeah, yeah. he's good. But aside, like he's not hurting that badly. Uh, and then we, so we go back to Sky Camp and the chief is just like, well, uh, if that was the best Jet Garuda had, like, we're boned. Like, that's it. Right. Like, like, we, we can't win. cannot beat this thing. Jet Icarus can't do it. Jet Garuda can't do it. Um, and even if they could, like, they're, so, they're now so damaged that this is yeah, basically the end of Yeah, like, we will not have time. time. Yeah, like, this is it. And that's the end of the episode. That is our cliffhanger. Like, it just stops. Oh, we do get a cool shot of uh, Jet Icarus in the repair bay. Oh, yeah, is this is cool. Is the first time we've seen the repair bay, Dave? Uh, yeah, I think so. And it's cool. It's just like a bunch of scaffolding around Jet Icarus. Like his arm is sort of And like his arm is like spot. held up by a crane or something. Yeah. 
So that's just the end of the episode. So I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to next episode to see, are we going to like combine? Like, are we going to get, I don't know. Well, it's, I'm, we'll see. It is exciting. But Dave, that's the end of this year episode. What is your high point? Dang. Um, I think my high point is the, is Jen Garuda. Like Jen Garuda looks super cool. Dude, Jekaruda uh, it's got like is a giant boss. hawk head. Yeah, it's got like a rad hawk's head and like talon hands. Um, I just thought Jekaruda was really neat. I remember I when goofs on you it. were first introduced to Jet Icarus, you were a little disappointed because you thought he looked a little generic. And, yeah. and at that time, I said, don't worry, like eventually their arsenal is going to increase. And this is what I'm talking right. about. Okay, yeah, because Jet Garuda is very, like, he's cool. He's like a giant bird dude. Like, he's very distinct looking, which I'm into. So, uh, how about you, man? What's your high point? Uh, well, if you're taking Jet Garuda, I am going to take Team Garuda, the uh, Dimension Soldiers, I think they're called. Okay. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia. That's what it looks like. Um, it's cool. It's very neat because this is the first time, other than... We got a shot of like a bunch of paintings of the different dimensions that had been destroyed. But Uh this is the first time like we're getting other people from the other dimensions showing up. And we're seeing sort of, you know, what they like, you know, who their greatest warriors were and how they tried to fight the Vyrum. It's it's a big sort of like world buildy moment. And I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm looking to see more of I don't know if they're going to stick around, but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more uh, from Team Garuda. So what is your low point? Hmm. Man, low point. Uh, I think my low point for this episode is, I think it's that Semi Mario doesn't look that cool. Yeah, he is sort I was of just, a letdown. Yeah, like he's like, there's all of this buildup. I mean, we're talking like, it's what, like four or five episodes of buildup on Semi Mario? It might even be and longer so than I was that. Because really... remember, like, he first arrived in that Empress Juza episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it's been like a big buildup on episode, this episode. What was that episode? I don't know. Episode 17, uh, The Revived out. Empress. Wow. Okay, so uh, what is that? Six? Six episodes build up? And he's just kind of like, it's not bad looking. Again, he's just sort of generic. I was hoping for like a cooler monster design from like the Devil of Destruction, like the most powerful force of annihilation in all the cosmos right, like, slash like multiverse. The existence of Semimaru was cool and his impact was like suitably big for the build up to it yeah. but yeah he just he's just he like looks as a dopey. look he's not that red uh how about you man low point for this episode uh, i think my low point for this episode is like dan's weird perving on akko yeah that was a strange moment and i don't like i don't totally know like what age group this show is supposed to be for uh but like this just seems to be like a consistent thing in the super sentai world that there's just, like, weird panty shots? Yeah, I mean, that's also the case in, like, a lot of anime. Like, you know, it just yeah, sort of, like, true. sneaks in places. And, I like, listen, I, I am not an expert on Super Sentai or anime or Japanese culture. I'm just saying what it is that I have seen in these TV shows. Uh, but every time I see it, it makes me uncomfortable and I don't like it. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, okay, well, I think that's it from us, yeah? Well, that is going to do it for another episode of The Jetman with a Golden Gun. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. 
If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, and I hope you do, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Uh, thank you if you are one of the people who have done that. The Super Sentai yeah. Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week.